Hello and welcome to Trying Times, a rugby podcast hosted by two comedians who love a sport that doesn't always love them back. I am Jack Dolan. And I'm Nehemiah. And this, uh, this is Trying Times. Did I not say that? Oh God, we're great at this. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, today we have our good friend on, uh, Owen Collins, who has suffered with us trying to get the audio for this podcast up and running for the foreseeable. He is a excellent musical comedian, uh, <laughs> former actor, who... Uh, I'm fucking still doing it, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> For Actor, actor. Uh, well, yeah, this is the thing. We're going to bring it up. Uh, most More eagle-eyed viewers will remember him from his uh, breakout uh, role in the Irish rugby scene as one of the guys in the World Cup Guinness ad. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait until that's written on my epitaph when I die. The, the one guy who was in the Guinness ad. <laughs> well, that's it, man. That's, that's, oh, that's the kind God. of... I, like, look, I was, I was hoping to save this, but uh, are you the reason that Ireland didn't win the World Cup? Yes. You are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I purposefully... I, uh, uh, I went in there, and it wasn't just from the ad, because if anybody has, has seen the ad... The whole, uh, what would you say, the whole theme of it was that we thought we had the best chance this year. And everybody in the ad was being really coy about, like, saying it, like, jinxing it. And, um, yeah, I, it was my fault. It was my fault that Ireland lost, okay? I'm feeling very intimidated now because the two of you are sitting across a table from me together, yeah. hunched over the same microphone. <laughs> Me is leaning in at me, and Jack is like got this really yeah. pained face of like listening. I mean, I'm actually wearing the the jersey of the eventual winner. Oh, the South African one, yeah, yeah. The two boys are also dressed in rugby jerseys, and I'm not. I'm actually dressed in the same clothes I was wearing yesterday, and I have pizza stains that because I got a, a a pizza after the gig last night. Near that showbiz baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I like to celebrate a successful night is to go home. <laughs> and order a 12 inch pizza at 12 o'clock at night. 12 inch. What? Real man, order a 16 inch. I can't do that anymore, man. Jesus Christ. I'm 33. Like, I, I can't have that much melted cheese before bed. I'll be fucking I'll be having nightmares. I did have a moment yesterday where um, I realized I was past it where I had to take a Rennie after having a slice of pepperoni pizza. What age are you? I'm 27, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah you're fucked. Yeah, I'm gone. Like, yeah. it's my, my best days are behind me. But, like, I, I knew that at 23. Are you sure you're getting harping the whole time now? I, it's just, I, I can do with any kind of spice except for pepperoni pizza. I don't know what it is about, like, a spicy pizza. That oil. It's the oil. Oil and, just, like, paprika and shit like that. Because I, again, I'm a big believer, I'm a big fan of spice, but uh, I can't do, I can't do pepperoni pizza. Do you have you coffee and all that shit as well? And dairy. I am can I have coffee. Having a coffee right now, and I'm doing fine. Like. All that stuff, all that stuff. Because I had, I actually, I, I used to have to take Rennie a lot when I was around your age as well. And I've actually gotten off it because I thought it was going to. It was basically that was it. I'm going to have to be combating, you know, uh, acidic stomach acid for the rest of my life. But you can get this thing called. Have you heard of milk thistle? Yes. Holland and Barrett took that. Just like fifty tabs of it, completely right with me, entirely. Uh, are you currently sponsored by these people or uh, no but I, I will i'll happily do it because I, I owe them my life to be honest because what happened to me i was coffee spicy food dairies big as well and oils and when i was younger i used to have do you know those odel paso jalapenos that are pickled yes yeah, yeah. i like i ratio of fajita the fajita filling to jalapenos was exactly the same so i just absolutely tanked my stomach eating those yolks So listen, let's 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 ask you a few questions about the the sport of rugby that we are inflicting upon you because as we we set out in this as we set out before this is uh for us forcing ourselves to talk rugby with everyone we know sure. because uh our significant others are getting very tired of speaking to us. We have our questions here which we've put loads of time and effort into writing. So uh the ones you wrote last night Ones I, to me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Those are the ones. It's a professional organization. <laughs> Nia, do you want to s- kick us off? So, uh, first question is, uh, Owen. Uh, yes. Do you like rugby? I love rugby. Why? Um, <laughs> but you see... <laughs> you see, I... 
I'm one of I'm one of the people like I love the sport, but I'm not really good. At, like I don't really know the, play, the names of the players and everything that's going on because it just seems to be it takes a lot of time to get up to date yeah, with stuff. But so, I, do you ever feel? I don't know. Would you like be quite knowledgeable about everything to do with rugby? Would you know? We'd both be kind of fanatical, right? So like yeah, we yeah. we would be. Uh, but that's the thing. It's kind of like anything. Like there's, I have. I have quite an interest in like a lot of shit that I know very little about. Like, right. like, I, I like music, but I don't know any of mm. when yeah. I like music and I like bands, I can't tell you a single band Fair. name. Fair. It, but you know, the, the reason why I say that is because it always seems to be such, um, you know, uh, a bone of contention to, with sports people that if you don't fucking know everything about it yeah. or everything that's happening, you're kind of like a sunshine fan. So I just kind of like, just like watching the game to be entirely honest with you. I kind of don't even realise that there's games going on sometimes until mm-hmm. someone drops it to me and I'm like fuck yeah I need to watch that well, should, that's perfect like that's the that's the biggest thing I think that rugby has a real issue with is stop shitting on people for just watching the games that they want to watch and not yeah. knowing stuff because it's the only like no, when people watch the World Cup for football they're not like oh you only watch it because it's the World Cup and you're like yeah of I course. do that though everyone does that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sport like that's like you can have you can follow everything and you know but you don't have to you don't have to be yeah clinically obsessed like the two of yeah. us mm. yeah and uh, so did you ever play rugby yeah i played rugby from um sorry you asked me to save it for i <laughs> literally staying in <laughs> i literally before i was late coming here as well because i literally had to slam just a hot chicken roll into me so i'm i'm currently in a in a state of indigestion i love a good chicken roll yeah they're good they're good and so what level do you play at? Like, what kind of level do you play to? I started playing when I was in primary school. I never really played sport beforehand. And then these two uh, trainers came in in sixth class, you know, the end of primary school. And they were just like once a week come in and play rugby with us. And for the first time in my life, I actually excelled at something physically because I was just larger than all the other children in the class. Not because I had any skill, you know, I was just a giant 12-year-old. And I just give me the ball, and I would just fucking hockey through fiends down to the end of the field. Um, that's the that's the golden age. If you were the first kid in your class who hit puberty, there was like three years where you were a god amongst insects. Like. Oh yeah, but I was a fucking loser as well. So that's the, like, the, 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 it was like quite a confusing thing because like all primary school, I mean like I was like chubby. I was big, chubby, very odd. I used to make myself get nosebleeds. Right in senior infants, I would sit at the table and put pressure into the front of my face so much that my nose would start bleeding, and so much so I actually met a guy I was in primary school with at Christmas, and I hadn't seen him I'd say since sixth class, and that was the first thing he said to me. He was re- he remembers me as the weird kid who used to make his own nose bleed in the middle of class. Was there a reason that you made your own nose bleed? Does like, there need to be a reason, Jack? Well, I imagine so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was one. Um, but, yeah, and then because and then, I'd never really played sport, my dad was a really good football player, and I think he would have liked me to play football, never really took to it, and then rugby came along. And once I did well, you know, what was it, 11 or something, then those two lads trained uh, the under-12s up in, you know, Cork Can? Yeah. Down in Cork, yeah. Mm. Like Peter O'Driscoll, Zebo, and all those boys would have yeah, played well. there. Yeah. Not in my, Jesus, no, not, not. They were like a couple of years ahead of me. However... I do remember sometimes, so they were in Prez, you know, Prez School. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they would, on their off-season, they would sometimes come back to Cannes and they would be just in the year, the, 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 the age above me, and sometimes they would come down and play us. Mm. Like, I distinctly remember a time playing when Zebo and Peter O'Driscoll were there. And Zebo, you know, he's more of a runner, so he wasn't that intimidating. Peter O'Driscoll was... He was a big fella, right? But he was as scary and aggressive as he is right now in rugby. He wasn't as big, obviously, like, but he w- I remember just distinctly... It was like you'd be in a rock and it would just be as if, you know, a, a, a fucking... What are those, I don't know, words? Someone was slamming you in a, in a rock, basically. Like being... Like being yeah, hit by a tree. So you're, Jack's just holding up Peter O'Manny to me there. <laughs> Yeah. Peter O'Mahony is his name. Yeah. What am I saying? Odrisco. 
<laughs> Peter O'Driscoll is another guy I know. He doesn't play rugby. <laughs> Sorry. So hang on. That, that's Peter O'Mahony. So the current, the current Ireland captain you remember playing against? A couple of times he, they would come back to Cannes. So this is Cork Con, the uh, yeah. one of the two biggest teams in Munster. Prob- yeah, probably club. Yeah, yeah. Yourself and Shannon, right? Be the two biggest. Who, who Shannon? Carry on, Shannon. Doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> Cork Con was the big one out of Cork. So you yeah. were playing and Peter O'Mahony would be showing yeah. up. That, the, that last fucking three minutes would have made absolutely no sense me talking about Peter O'Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck it's is Peter? It's really interesting. Yeah. It's fine. Um, there might be a Peter O'Driscoll somewhere. You know? yeah, there, yeah. No, there is a Peter O'Driscoll somewhere. He just doesn't play rugby. <laughs> um, no, yeah, Peter Romani. On their off-season, Peter Romani and Simon Zebo would come back and they wouldn't play on the team, but they would come to train just to keep sharp. Yeah. And, you know, just in a, you know, sometimes at the end of a training session, you might be... You might just play a game for the last thirty minutes of the session, and you like he Peter O'Mani, unbelievable player. He was just out to fucking annihilate you, regardless of your your size or you were a teammate or whatever. How old were you when you were playing him? Uh, he's two or three years older than me, so this would have been. I mean, literally, this is one or two training sessions when I was like fourteen. This is still a, like uh, the fact that he's still that feared at fourteen makes absolute sense to me. Like, yeah, terri- yeah. Terrifying, but the way those lads are like uh, pushed to play rugby in like well down in Corcus Christians and Prez, yeah. like yeah. they're treated like gods and like rugby is number one. And then they're obviously he was obviously like in his head, I am going to be an international rugby player, if not like if not just club or or mm. provincial or whatever. Like he was yeah. like, this is my career, so he was taking it way more seriously than the rest of us. And he showed it, <laughs> basically. Well, I think this is... Uh, I, like, I, yeah, we're starting off strong. We've got our first uh, interaction with, you know, the Ireland captain playing him as a child, which is... Uh, good job, us. Look at us go. Yeah, yeah well we're, done. We're catching up. You know? Well done. Little cli- clip it, is it? Uh, no, Zebo <laughs> is a bit of an influencer type. You know, uh, yeah, I don't really remember Zebo much from it because he wasn't really one to... He runs a lot more. He's more of like a, a ball carrier, so he wasn't. Yeah. I don't remember getting. I just remember distinctly remember getting absolutely leveled by Peter Romani throughout that <laughs> training um, session. When you played, what position were you playing? I started off at prop. If you re- recall, yes. I was fat at twelve, and then uh, I, I I started off. Then when I was playing con, I was like in the back, so it'd be like a center winger fullback and then as I was going into like under 16s then I was in the second row and then I moved to flanker and then I finished up playing rugby at 18 as number eight so I've essentially played every position bar scrum half out half and hooker so what was your favorite position to play across mm. all those years number eight or flanker for sure. Oh, yeah, it's a good position, yeah. It is. You played it, right? Yeah, You're flanker. I played, yeah, but I, I kind of like you. I, I used to play a bit, bit of everything. Everything, yeah, yeah, everything, I know. Yeah, you know uh, I ended up, well, I finished, I started on the wing and then I ended up in the, in, in a, in the front row. Well, because, only oh. because um, we didn't do too much, uh, like, contact, with this, uh, contact, scr- contact the scrum. Like, t- tip or tag or something like? No, no, it was, like, full contact. It's just that we didn't have, like... Oh, you didn't? Front, we didn't push. In the, in the oh, scrum okay. Because we didn't have, like, a proper front row, so we just put anyone there. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, I didn't play prop past the level where it gets, like, you know, there's a lot of contestion in the... Contestion? Contesting. Contested, yeah. Contesting. (laughs) In the front row. But I don't... Those boys absolutely slap into each other. I don't understand it. It's incredibly... Yeah, so I... Where did you play? I'm second row or six, usually. Okay. Uh, I played briefly 10 when I was 16 in school, but our school team was... Here, fuck being an out-half. Oh man, I loved it because I, like the team I was playing for, we were the first team that ever had. We're the first year of our school that ever had a rugby team. Yeah. So I was put at ten because I was the only person who'd ever played rugby before. Yeah. So it was a real no holds bar. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted and hope for the best. But it's such like uh, I suppose when you're younger it's fine, but when you get older, there's so much pressure on you as an out half mm. yeah. to play the game. Like, do you know what I mean? You played out half, didn't you? Some stage? Uh, no, not really. No. Uh, no. Uh, well, I, I did play like scrum half. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, you that's a tough role as well. It is, but the top you get to scream at people, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like you know, uh, you get to tell forward, hey, get over there, you fat pig, that, that <laughs> sort of. 
you talking to the 12 year old version of me <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm incurring some childhood trauma yeah, you know? yeah, that's, yeah, all, yeah. that's what we're all about yeah, yeah. You know? no that's just you're inflicting my mom. it as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that was your personal <laughs> vietnam <laughs> I love how no one laughed as hard at that as you yeah. did there. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Was, yeah. You're also burning one of your jokes as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so I, I agree with you. I think I think flanker or number eight is the most fun position because you kind of you have a you've a, you've a great mixture of uh, really quite low stakes yeah. and the ability to change a game entirely, which is great. Yeah, I just liked <laughs> I just liked it because I'm. I was fairly handy at one aspect of rugby, which was running. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it suited me perfectly for flanker on number eight because you just get the ball and you plow down every other aspect of the game. I was a bit of a bitch and like I always pull out of tackles. Rocking wasn't great, but like just running, give me the ball and I'll run down the field for you. So it suited me for that. But um, and you know, like Jesus, as I I would have liked to keep playing past 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 18 but lads just start getting unnecessarily big like oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's scary big, like yeah there's a big issue they had a couple of years ago where it's kind of like you would see people who were clearly like taking steroids and then playing junior rugby which is kind of like that's not going for the top of the clubs because the top the top of the clubs you're getting you're yeah. looked at for uh you could be drug tested but for the other shit you'd see some mad guys who were just like their entire life was going to the gym and then running at a pub league team and going, I'm going to absolutely annihilate you, which is just yeah. unnecessary, I think. Yeah. yeah. With those boys as well, like, I, I remember playing against places like, you know, more rural clubs mm. in Cork, like Cove or something, and some of the lads, <laughs> like at 14, that would be rocking onto the pitch, like, they look like you, basically, with a bit more facial hair. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but you don't look like a 12-year-old boy. That, that's very convenient for all involved. <laughs> no, I do remember. I, no, I totally remember what you mean, because we used to... Uh, so I, 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 obviously, I played from, like, 11 to 18 and then started again at, like, 23. But I do remember you'd go down to some of these. I remember we went to a team in... Limerick, I think I can't remember what they were called, but there there was a lad on the team who looked like he had been forgotten by time. He he looked he was about fifteen, but he looked about fifty six, and he yeah. sounded about fifty six, which was this real thick Limerick accent, yelling out the line out calls. And I like, I just it was such a bizarre sight because I couldn't make out anything because I like I I was just laughing hysterically because yeah. I was like, how are you playing a child's game? Like you should be. You, you, you look like you've sprouted from the ground from a potato that was left too long. Like, was, it was it Paul ridiculous. O'Connell? I, think, I, I really don't think so, but I, <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> was, it, was it Paul O'Connell dressed as a young boy? You know, those dungarees and the hats with the fucking <laughs> propeller on top of it. <laughs> he was just trying to keep as sharp as possible. Get as mu- it was like, it's like the way we try to get as much stage time as possible. You, you know, Paul O'Connell's <laughs> just trying to play as much rugby as possible. Run out, <laughs> Run out against the under-15s. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> Do you play with clubs or a school? I so I didn't go to. I played clubs the entire way through because I didn't go to a rugby school. So yeah. I play. I still play for Old Wesley. You still play? Yeah, I had a game 27. yesterday. Yeah, I had a game yesterday, and I like that's why I did. You, I was complaining about my knees yeah. earlier because we were playing on an Astro pitch, and I was playing second row, which means playing rugby on an Astro pitch. Oh, it's it's much better for because you're. Do you remember the Swamp pitches you used to play? Yeah. There's none of them anymore. There's all running rugby now. So it's like is it all on Astro? Most of the pitches in Dublin are because they're easier to oh, maintain. And and most stuff. of them in Dublin, is it? Well, All right, yeah, yeah. Let me see how it is. Listen, that senior cup money has to go somewhere. You oh, know? yeah, you fuckers. Is it true? I don't know. Is this true? But I had heard that the reason why Leinster, particularly in the last few years, are so good, is because people from around the country will send their sons to go to school in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, Caelan Doris, fucking boll- like that's bollocks. Like. They'll get scholarships to go to secondary school. So, like, uh, Caelan Doris, uh, I think his parents are from Dublin, but he grew up in Ballina. I think I've got that right. Ballina and Mayo. Mew. Ba- Ballina or Castlebar. Anyway, he, he, he grew up in Mayo, but he was clearly scouted as a young age. as a phenomenal. Yeah. He's, he's number eight for Ireland now. Yeah. He was scouted as a young age as a phenomenal talent, and Black Rock uh, paid for all his fees and gave him boarding so that he'd come up and play for them. Like, as a, you're, you're an honorary Munster fan, right? I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I, I, I switch. Uh, depends on who's playing. Oh, who's okay, winning. fair. We did an entire episode where I called you a monster fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do like monster. I like. Uh, I they're like cool, them. but they're they're. There was a time there, like about what uh, nearly twenty years ago now, where they were like top of the food chain, and now yeah. you watch them, it's like fuck, lads, what's going on? I know, yeah, you know, because I remember because uh, last time I watched them was uh, when they played against uh, Northampton uh, in the uh, Champions Cup. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you thought you know they were leading and uh, one and you know they were playing against fourteen men as well. Yeah, and uh, and then suddenly they uh, Northampton scored a last minute um, last minute try. Yeah, and it was the most embarrassing try to to, to I don't remember it. When was that game? It was like last week. Uh, I missed it. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, I don't know when the games are. But you know, <laughs> you could tell, like I was saying, like they, 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 you could tell they could do something. Yeah, but I just they just choke at the last minute. They, it's it's mad because they get good players in. Like who is your man Ben Healy's gone now, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He was class. He's playing for Scotland now, which is yeah, pretty funny. It's yeah, yeah. And who else is? Who's the young fella? Who's the out half? He's from Jack Crowley. Jack Crowley. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's savage. He's another Cork boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's. Band in West Cork, yeah. My brother used to play against him actually, uh, and he said he was unbelievable back then as well. But like, you got all these good little gems in Munster, but then yeah. it's just like it just doesn't really click. And then anytime I go into go back to watch one of the games with Munster, it's like I don't even reckon who are these who are these lads. They like cycle people in a lot. Yeah, yeah. They're having a tough year this year anyway because the amount of injuries they're getting. So it's kind they? of they're, like they're bringing up loads of guys from like the AIL and stuff to kind of cover. Like there's emergency cover going in a few positions now. Yeah. But um, I do, yeah, with Munster, it's a weird one because like they are, it, it's kind of, again, I'm a Leinster fan. So like cards on the table, I, I have a I have an extreme bias. But, uh, but sorry, that, that's what I was going to, sorry to cut across you. That's what I was going to ask you. As a Leinster fan, yeah. does it feel weird to... You know, knowing that Leinster poaches players from around the country, is there something underneath when ye win and the top of the food changes? It's kind of like, oh, well, but did we get it from, like, would we have done this? Would we be one of the best teams in the league if not for the fact we were poaching from around the country? Well, I, do you know what? I, I, I see what you're saying. I actually, I don't think too much about it. I don't actually think it has too much. Because you're winning. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I also don't think too much about it because I also see a lot of, a lot of Leinster's players end up in other provinces. So a lot of the people that come through the Leinster system end up in other provinces. So Joey Carberry, who was at Munster for a couple of years, is yeah. a Black Rock boy. Uh, John Cooney in Ulster is a Black Rock. Basically, anyone from Black Rock who is playing rugby is playing at one of the four provinces. Like they, yeah. like we are, as much as we are taken from other provinces, we are also like giving them back as like good athletes. But that's because the competition is so high, and you still get the cream of the crap. And I, then yeah, but I know. think that's always going to happen. They're, they're with most sports, right? It's a direct correlation between how successful you are and how much money you can invest in your like yeah. infrastructure and stuff. Yeah. So, what Leinster has done that is pretty difficult to match is that they have the 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 Leinster Schools Cup system. It's getting these guys professional at sixteen, and because of like demographics and what have you, like there is just more people in Dublin than anywhere else in the country. Yeah. So that's the majority of players are going to come through that. It's the same with Dublin GAA. It's why they're doing so well is they have they have invested a huge amount in the infrastructure and then they have kids coming through all the time. Yeah. So like uh in terms of that stuff like yeah, I get what you mean, but I'm also like uh I I, I see your I see your wider point. I don't think I agree with it. I think that like a lot of like to, to almost to a fault sometimes Leinster is a bit too South Dublin and a bit too posh like, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's why it's why O'Mahony's a good captain for Ireland because he adds a bit of steel and a bit of metal to them because he's not from the same three schools. I always uh, thought that Ireland could have won a World Cup if they had picked more players from Munster. Well, that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because they did win the URC uh, last year, last season, yeah. just, just before the World Cup. So they had that, uh, they had that winning, winning mentality. Yeah. Whereas you had Leinster last season. They played some really good rugby. Yeah. Um, made it to a couple finals, but came away empty-handed so you know you i like hearing that near because you know as 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 jack was talking there for a very long time right and the more dublin he was getting the more the more cork i was feeling and i don't usually prescribe to that stuff but i was like it was like it was flaring up in me a bit 
Right, thank you. Because you're, you're, you're near, you and me are cork men, right? Uh, uh, yeah, we say, I don't know, yeah, ordinary cork men. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. there last Friday. I like know? having someone in my corner, especially because when Jack was like putting out all these facts, I have nothing to, to come back with because I don't have any facts. And I was just trying to think of something to insult him with. <laughs> How do you know someone's from cork? We mention it. They'll fucking tell you. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, banter. <laughs> Sorry, I just, again, uh, for an audio medium, this probably won't land, but uh, Nia clapping and saying banter at me at point-blank range was pretty hysterical. Yeah. Like, You've gotten a bit further apart, lads. Is there something going on? It's all the Munster Leinster talk. We yeah, true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's moving more south there as he's as going along. But yeah, man, so, like... Uh, you played rugby to that age, and then, yeah. like, did you go? So you're a monster fan. Do you have? Did you go? Did you used to go to games ever? Or were you kind of? Yeah, like we were. Myself, my dad, and my sister were at the game in Cardiff when they won the Heineken Cup in 2006. Oh, class! It was nuts. Against B or Ritz, was it? I believe so. I think they yeah, no, I think they play against. Uh, yeah, it was either Toulouse or B or Ritz. Two thousand six, wasn't it? Yeah, well, well, Toulouse that was in Toulouse, wasn't it? I think, it, yeah, I think we went to that one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah, you, 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 you met uh, Biarritz. I, mean, I think because uh, Peter Stringer scored a try. Yes. I was just thinking that. I was like, Peter Stringer did something. It was like the last try or something, wasn't it, of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Peter Stringer. Beautiful man. Oh, my God. He didn't get his 100 cap, did he? No. He's still on 99. Yeah. He'll get it. I mean, on <laughs> He's been retired for like five years. He's like 46. Bring him back, man. I mean, how many more caps does he need? He literally needs one, I think. It is, it is genuinely... Is he at 99? Hysteric. I have to look that up, but he is... Bring like, him back. We were really surprised that he didn't get like a few of the warm-up games that are played around um, that are played around the summertime, just as a kind of like, look, these are low-stake games. Get the boy to 100. Like, Just let, let him... like A guy like that who loves rugby as much as he does, I don't think he'd mind dying on the field like a Viking. You know, Just let him play and it's let actually him... actually 98. 98 caps, so he's yeah. two off. All right, put him on for the first five minutes, take him off, and then the next game, let him die on the field. <laughs> Have you seen him, man? That, like, like, he is in ridiculous shape. I haven't seen him recently. I just, I remember, I distinctly remember no one owned the ankle tap as well as he did. Oh, he was like, incredible He for was it. so good at it. And I remember when we were in under-14s, we won the whatever cup it was, and he came in to visit us afterwards. Uh-huh. Like, I'm sure a few of the Monster lads were spoke to. But I think Raj was Khan yeah. and Stringer was Khan. I think yeah. who there was someone else as well. But Stringer came in and gave us a chat afterwards, which was really nice of him. Like, he didn't need to do it. Um, Raj and the, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Raj, I remember he was, uh, Raj was up, he was playing with Monster. He's at the peak of it. And he'd sometimes be up on the main pitch in Khan. Yeah. We'd go up and train on, like, Monday and Wednesday nights. And he'd be out on the pitch, like, for the two and a half hours of our training, he'd be there just booting balls at the sticks, like, and the lads all that, like, obviously Raj was fucking god at that stage, yeah. And we like, we like, oh, we asked him to go over and sign one of the balls, like every week. We're like, oh no, we're not going to do that, like, you know, we're going to go over and hassle him at all. Mm-hmm. And there was a fella, the the out half, the captain of our team, Simon Barry, was just like, one day he was like, fuck it, like I'm, he was like his hero, like I'm, I'm going to do it, like I'll go over. So he had like one of those Gilbert balls, you know, with the green. And uh, yeah, it was like his ball, and Raj was just there booting balls over the sticks. And he went up to him and just asked him. He was like, "How was it going, Raj? Like, you know, every I, you're my favorite player. I'm an out half. Like, would you mind signing the ball?" And Raj just said, "Fuck off, boy." <laughs> 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 and you ran me back devastated. <laughs> it took him so, it was like the 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 fear he had going up. Like you know, like at yeah. that age, and you're meeting your heroes. It's like, oh my god. And you're told to fuck off by your hero. <laughs> I like now. That's is there something about that that's a bit like cork? Because there's another apparently in one of the training camps for the football team. Uh, everyone Manchester United were playing somewhere, and all the players were there. And an Irish boy went up to them. I can't remember who, but he ended up. Uh, it was on, it was on a podcast recently or something. And everyone went up, and he was like, everyone was getting their signatures. And somebody went up to Roy Keane, and he just looked at the kid and went, "Fuck off." I do think it is. Is it like athlete or is it cork? That's my question. <laughs> it can be. It can be. Well, like obviously, Raj and Roy Keane are kind of cut from the same cloth. You kind of can get that cantankerous cork person. But I think in general, 
I want to be very careful here because I don't want to do any like hacky. I don't like saying Cork is the real capital makes me cringe. It's yeah, it, it is. It's something that bothers me too. Yeah, I hate that. And the rest I'm, of the world. Yeah, <laughs> Vietnam does. Uh. <laughs> Shut up, you. You're from Cork. <laughs> See, it, we can't help it. I, I just ta- said I don't support it, and then I got my hackles up <laughs> to, to be, support To be it. fair, I have been talking, I did talk at length about Leinster schools at you, so I, it's only, yeah, that's, it's, that's just a natural yeah. biological response. Yeah, like, yeah, know. yeah. It's like I'm getting like Dr. Jekyll and, and Mr. Fiend just like <laughs> bubbling up inside of me. Um, but no, I don't know. I, I, I mm, There's like there's something that I've noticed about like a Cork humour, I think, from being away, because I haven't lived in Cork like eight years so sometimes when i go home there's something to the cork humor that's very it's inclusive even if they're taking the piss out of you it there's a friendliness to it and the dubs i think is it can be quite the it's quite i don't think there's anyone in the any other county in the country that can slag as well as dublin people i think dublin people are unbelievable at ripping the piss out of you but it's never it doesn't really feel like uh, you're both in on the joke sometimes. It's like, that fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? Is that a fair observation? Well, I, th- I, there, I I do get it. I think in particular, there's a real, like, old-school North Dublin that has a... Yeah, the North Dubs, for sure. They're, old like, school North wicked Dublin fast. They are sharp as a tack, and they will single in on an insecurity you didn't even know you had. Like, Cut you. They're just... They're, some, uh, their nicknames are next, next, next level, and, like, their yeah. insults. Like, I remember, like... A child once looked at me and screamed at me that I was a lanky string of cum, which I still, <laughs> I think is the most visceral insult I've ever been called in my entire life. Now, I don't think that was very inclusive, but it was just, I was like, this kid's 14, what the fuck? Like, no, but like, yeah, I mean, like, it's fucking hilarious, but like, there was nothing in that where that person expected you to laugh along with them. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you are a lanky string of cum, and I hope you feel that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad he thought I was skinny, you know. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I do get what you mean. I think uh, that's that story about Raj though is gas because like it there is nothing there is nothing because uh, there's nothing worse than when you you go all out on like trying to big yourself up to talk to a sporting hero because I, I think as Irish people in particular uh, we don't do a lot of the like the celebrity hounding like we kind of have a tendency to like if we're, say there was a celebrity in town you'd note they were there but you, yeah. you'd rarely see people going over and stopping people yeah. and asking them for photos or whatever yeah, like, no, it's no. not really the done thing here yeah, it's something I really picked up when I was uh, <clears throat> from living here as well because so many times I bump into, I bump into like actual rugby players yeah. uh, on the streets and never I never gathered uh, enough courage to talk to them like it's like cause something, it was one time I saw both um, Conor Murray yeah. and Tyke Byrne on uh, on Crafton Street uh-huh. just walking or just going for shopping uh, the other time I saw Archie Snyman as well yeah. Well, just before he defected to Leinster, yeah, and just walking along with his uh, with his missus, and uh, look at that, I never like that's what I mean. I just ignored him, like you know. But, w- like, but would you though? I I think in the the fanboy may would uh, at yeah. some point, but somehow I guess it's like maybe because I was busy on my way to yeah. something, and you don't want to be bothered. You want you don't want to bother people. Yeah. I know. I I think I'm, I've always been of the perspective that if there's if I see someone in public like who is in the public eye, like a sports star, celebrity, whatever even if I admire what they do, I've never understood going over and saying something. Because it's like, you go over and be like, how are you? And they're just people going like, how are you? And then it is now on you to create the conversation. They know nothing about you. <laughs> and you know yeah, that's yeah. just what they show about them. It's just an awkward, I, don't, I wouldn't know what to say. It'd be like, love what you do. And then they go, ah yeah cheers yeah. I, I guess Good luck. Uh, part of me would have been amazed by the size of some of those lads oh uh, yeah something like oh you're a big fucker and then it <laughs> just that would be hilarious if a Vietnamese dude just walked past and went Jesus you're a big fucker <laughs> it is funny that Raj turned around and went fuck off because a friend of mine he's another Munster fan and uh, he went there was before the ninth 2019 world cup they were doing a kind of a tour all the irish teams were doing like a tour around the place as a kind of a bonding trip before the actual team set sail for japan and they were in galway where he was living and he went up and he was trying to his favorite player of all time was keith earls and keith earls was there keith earls is the man yeah the man as he is known 
he is such a good player. Sorry to cut across you there. He's oh, such a good man. Um, did you hear his interview with um, Blind Boy? No, was it good? Yeah, he talks about I no, no idea. He, he's like bipolar. He's very open about mm. it, like, but to the point of where like he'd be, he'd be talking about he's on stage and he'd have to ask one of his teammates whether or not what is happening is actually happening at that time. Jeez, yeah. yeah, like serious struggles with with like mental health, and like health, how like. he's overcome it, and how like long he kept like he kept rejuvenating his, in his career, like yeah, you know, like he kept like fighting through all of these like he's personal such battles. A good player. Sorry to cut across you. Know? No, no, yeah, but this is it speaks to, it speaks to the man where uh, so my friend, uh, I think he's he's one of our listeners, Connor. He's obsessed with him, and uh, he was going over to say hello. He wanted, you know, he'd had a few pints in him, and he wanted to do the very sap. He's like, "You're my favorite player. I love you so much." Jesus, you're a big fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked, and he goes to walk over to him, and one of the other lads uh, tries to push him away. Goes, "Fuck off! We're having it. We're having a fucking like. We're having a few pints. You fuck off." And Keith Earls was shocked by it because Connor had said all this. He'd kind of gone like, "Oh, you're my favorite player, or whatever." Yeah. And they told him to fuck off, and then Connor walked away, dejected, going, "Jesus, that was a bit of a that was a shitty interaction to have." And doesn't so he sat at the he walks up to the bar and Keith Earls follows him up to the bar goes hey man I really appreciate that let me buy you a pint ah good so lad. had a chat with him had a like made this guy's life yeah because he well not made his life but made his like <laughs> made his <laughs> <laughs> Keith Earls bought him a pint and he's like I can I can die now <laughs> I don't know man he's that much of a monster fan I'd say he'd happily die yeah. after that. I was just thinking about like the that Guinness ad you did. Um, <laughs> no, it was more interesting. About I feel I feel like I'm doing press for like a fucking Hollywood movie or something. It, it, it's an ad. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys prank each other on the set? <laughs> um, no, it was just more interested in like the whole like behind the scenes stuff. Like who, why, how, who approached you for that? And, uh, what, what went on? So uh, because I'm still an active actor. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Oh Jesus. I haven't done it in ages, uh, but I haven't had a job in ages. But um, that was so you have an agent, and what they they like put out a call for a certain casting type that they want because they'll have a, like characters written in. I fit the bill. You do auditions for it, which would be like on tape. Like you do a self tape, basically you tape yourself doing whatever they send through to you. Sometimes they'll call you in in person to do follow ups, which I did. Sometimes the ad, ad auditions can be weird because they don't necessarily always have a script, so they'll get you to do odd stuff. Like, that one was fine. They had a script, but I remember I was doing it. I can't remember what the product was for, but I had to be. we had to be called in in pairs, so I was paired up with this other fella, this actor I didn't know, and the two of us were asked on the spot to uh, start improvising karate moves on each other for, like... Thru- like karate move yeah like literally like, like mar- martial, arts. martial arts like we had to like pretend to do we, that auditioning for Cobra Kai oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 season season three um, but yeah no ga- Goddess uh, was shot all in one day like it's a big it's a huge because they want to get it done in on time they might yeah. do an ad would probably be shot over one or two days depending on what's on Uh I was in there. They collect you from your gaff. You go over. And I mean, like, what was... Like, I didn't even have dialogue in the ad. Like, they just stand there, sit there, do a couple of looks, whatever. We'll get a shot. Did you not... I re- did you have... Was there dialogue recorded? Because I remember seeing a longer version of this ad. Oh, yeah. They, they did... I think for the main ad, it was just, like, a look or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is now, as Neo, you were saying, it's on uh, joe.ie, was it? Yeah, well, it was one of those like ruppy websites because yeah. uh, I remember scrolling through Facebook and uh, stumbled upon you know oh, that, that the, the selfie. Well, no, no, just that was just your face looking really amazing. Yeah, 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 like just like that. And uh, yeah, I was just I was scrolling and then on uh, one of the groups, yeah. uh, one of the sites, I think it was uh, Ruppy Lad or something like that. Right, yeah, one okay. Of, and it was like your face. Oh, it was a still from it. Like the still, face. yeah, the yeah, still yeah. from it. It was like. Uh, yeah, Guinness, uh, Guinness just released uh, an ad for the World Cup, and I saw it. Is that Owen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the selfie because they, they they had like there was a production guy going around, and they'll sometimes take a photo of your costume just to yeah. see what you're wearing. And he's like, "Oh, can you take a photo there?" And he's like, "This is 
weird why am I taking it and just took yeah. a selfie of myself and then it was used as like a production still all over the place of me just looking like an absolute goal <laughs> <laughs> taking a photo that I wasn't fully prepared for um but yeah I mean it doesn't there was not much to that I mean it, it's actually quite bore like filming anything is quite boring I mean to get how long was that ad 40 seconds long maybe I mean, you're talking about on a production that size shooting maybe that day 16 hours. Because you got loads of like gear and lighting and so bringing this, people in. So us taking our sweet time getting set up today was no no skin off your nose. I, I'm <laughs> right at home here today. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so one funny thing, I, I do have a funny anecdote about that ad though that so everyone all the lads thought it was hilarious all my buddies and we were my buddy was coming home from tasmania in september he was getting married so he's having the stag pretty close to it it was like the world cup was on so it was perfect we went down to west cork uh booked out uh, a gaff in castle townsend and went into clannacilty we're doing a pub crawl and it was the ireland south africa match was on that night one of the best games hands down of all time unbelievable I and I, or set up right there was like uh, 14 of us and I had gotten onto the pub to be like could we get set up in front of a TV if that's okay like we want to like have pints and watch the match and they set us up they had this huge projector that took over like the entirety of the wall and we had like you know like the last supper table oh gorgeous <laughs> like <laughs> all of us there was like a table like like about like 20 foot long and just like all the lads none of us looking at each other just like sitting in front of it everyone else in the pub had been moved around <laughs> so it was just us just sitting in front of the screen and the lads were like on the way in they were like right on you've two options right every time this ad that you're in comes on when we're watching the rugby mm-hmm. you either have to do a shot which i'm i was 32 at the time like you should not be doing shots <laughs> in your early 30s because we did do shots and I swear to God that was one of the most that that stag after that was the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life and I'm not being hyperbolic it was like a month long (laughs) 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 I swear to God but they were like right you can either do a shot every time that ad comes on or every time that ad comes on you have to stand up next to the TV get get everyone's attention in the pub and point at yourself and point out when you come up go like everyone that is me and that ad had been coming on a lot so i was like okay i'd nearly stomach the cringe not to do shots and the whole game went on and the ad didn't come on once and i was delighted and then we were out in the beer garden at the very end and there was another big tv out there there was about 60 people in the smoking room (laughs) and it came on and they just pushed me in front of the screen and i had to go hey everyone look that's me on the screen and everyone goes (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, some of the, and other people are like, "What the fuck?" That was fine though. And then I, I was trying to round everyone up because we were moving on to the next bar and we couldn't find everyone. And I was going out into the beer garden try and find two of them. And I was walking past this table of five lads, five West Cork lads. And as I was passing them, they goes, "All right, look who it is, Mister Hollywood, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> And I just stopped walking. I was like, oh. And I actually turned to them. I was so insecure. I was like, I swear to God, the lads made me do that. I didn't actually want, I wasn't actually happy that it was me up on the screen. Like, I'm on a stag. And they're like, whatever, dude. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> now, did you arrange the spotlight for when you walked up there beforehand? Or did they do that for you? I don't know. I, I, probably, I was about to arrange a noose after that, to be entirely <laughs> honest with you. Do you, think, uh, do you think being involved in that ad had you more invested in the World Cup than other years? No, not really, to be honest. Um, it was just, I mean, grateful for the paycheck for sure. Um, but I, I, but like, we had, this, this was our best chance this year to win. I uh, don't, I know it. Like, do you know? Yeah. I don't usually see. I love watching the game, but I can let a loss go yeah. fairly easily. I don't, I don't understand. You know, people who say, I know this is kind of a hacky thing to say, but you know, when people say we lost last night. Mm. It's like, mate, you're fucking 16 stone. Like, you've never played sports in your life. What do you mean you lost? Um, but when they lost against the All Blacks... Oh, just the most devastating. That was yeah. tough. Like, yeah. that was so bad. 
Yeah, because I uh, has to host. Has to. I had to ho- host a gig that night. Were you gigging that night? I was gigging that night. I was hosting a gig downstairs and uh, just bawling and crying on stage. <laughs> 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 You're next actor. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, because uh, also because upstairs they were playing music, playing like heavy metal, and also they had the game on the other side. And uh, <laughs> wait, they were playing heavy metal music yeah. and the Ireland All Blacks game. Yeah, at the same. Yeah, uh, at the same. But the thing is that uh, the, the the TV was mute, so they for the for the music and yeah. for the comedy what, as well. What perfect music to be playing for a bloodbath of a game that and was. Yeah, and the thing is that the sound was slicking down as well to to the comedy yeah. and uh, people, and you could hear like. Two very, two, uh, two almost similar like, set of reactions, you know, like, yeah. so, you know, you have the heavy metal, it was like, ah, 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 and then, you know, like, and then the, uh, the rugby was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, the, so the, 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 the fans were making the same noise as the, 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 the heavy metal fans. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, that game was the most difficult thing, I think. That was one of the most difficult losses I ever had, and I was, that night... Uh, I went out afterwards because I the thought of I, I wish I was the kind of person who was big enough to say as you said is like you know like oh I can take a loss and I'd be fine with yeah. it but no I'm I'm in, I'm a little like I'm such a little like baby when it comes to my Fuck team yeah. losing oh big time I wish I had the like the self control to realize it's just a game but yeah. I don't and I remember I went out afterwards in the same get up as I'm wearing today so the big like old school Ireland you've been wearing that since <laughs> I haven't been able to take it off man don't get too close Deal. Were you boozing? Oh yeah, big time. It was kind <laughs> of like there was a uh, there was an active switch in my mind from watching the game and having a few like having a few very casual pints uh, to just you know enjoy the occasion, the atmosphere, yeah. whatever. To uh, we are going to go, we are going to make sure that this memory is like dulled. Yeah, there's nothing quite like a loss. Like if, no matter what you're drinking, if your team loses, it quickly turns into gin drunk, where it's just. <laughs> Sad, crying yeah. on steps somewhere. What's a rugby stereotype? If you could get rid of, you would. A stereotype? See, I don't know. I I started watching that Six Nations doc because you told me about it last night. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was really surprised at how open some because nobody they focus. I watched the first three episodes. Have you watched it yet? Oh, I finished. I finished it. Oh, you've seen it, yeah. I watched it in one day because I had a very slow day. Right, right, right. right. It's eight episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole work day. (laughs) Um, I I was surprised at how open they were. You know, because they zero in. Like, Andrew Porter's story was very... Like, I didn't know much about Andrew Porter. I didn't even know that's what he sounded like. He doesn't even sound like he's from Dublin. And he starts talking... (laughs) When he's talking about how he would train for rugby tackling sheep. (laughs) He's like, where did you... Where did you do that in Dublin? Um, I'm sure he went out in the country. But, I, you know, you'd always asso- uh, associate rugby lads with lads who can't really talk about, you know, mental strife or struggles yeah. or anything like that. So I think that, that would have been something that would have been stuck in my head for what would have been stereotypical for rugby lads. But then watching that, and who's the fella, the South African fella on the Italian team? Uh, Seb Negri. Well, he's in Zimbabwe. In, uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sebastian Negri, yeah. His whole thing, like, his whole interaction with his missus was initially, I mean, there was, like, a toxic male part to me. Like, I, I'm I'm quite an open person. Like, I talk on stage about my shit, like, so mm-hmm. I love seeing that stuff. You know, there's, like, even when he was, it was almost by proxy of seeing the way he was acting with his missus was kind of like, oh, the rugby lads won't like this. Yeah. <laughs> but then he got more into the reasons why he was talking about like, you know, he, he felt like something had happened because it was the England game where he got a really bad knock and he was knocked yeah. unconscious and he nearly died when he was choking on his tongue. Mm. And he said the perspective that gave him about pl- going into games, he was like, I always want to make sure I, I'm able to come home to my girlfriend. Yeah. Which is super important. Mm. You know, it's, it's, well, obviously it's important, but like it was an interesting it was an interesting thing for him for him to reveal so publicly and so it didn't even seem like it was calculated or or like a producer was saying like oh you need to push this story forward yeah. you know for the emotional beat of yeah. the episode uh no it was cool to see it's good to see um, yeah i think that's that's a probably the most interesting part about that documentary was yeah. when people are very candid you know mm. so like that's i yeah. wasn't expecting it yeah it was kind of um it was a nice change because 
there has always been this kind of like rugby players are like they're tough they're tough yeah. they're tough and then that has kind of you know been adopted by every kind of brand of fucking toxic masculinity lad banter culture of you can't feel anything like if you're doing anything other than slamming pints you're a Know, and that's pussy. synonymous with rugby culture like it yeah. had been anyway when, when i yeah, was playing yeah. her for sure um that's a great that's a great point i um i hadn't really considered that beforehand when i was watching because i watched the document again all in one sitting so yeah yeah but no it's it is it is th- those were the moments that kind of that, that humanizes that these are athletes but they're also like they they have people that they want to go home to and be like there for you know but just that they can feel that they can be oh because it's not as if they're not aware that like you know even the rugby um fan base will watch this and then seeing them you know speak openly about this stuff particularly for younger lads coming because there is a, a like a fraternal aspect to rugby that really it's physical it's masculine it's aggressive you know there's like we need to be men we're lads but it's good to see you know especially a player like andrew porter who's phenomenal uh and would be like almost the he's he almost looks like too much of a man and yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. what i mean he looks like he looks like a someone drew a car like a, a, a caricature of a man he's like a viking like yeah but to see him speak and cry and talk about his mother in the way that he did was and just be very just kind of like in touch emotionally was was cool to see um i will say as well though i really enjoyed uh, on the flip side of that someone who didn't go into the emotional but i i kind of love him but i know if i met him i'd probably hate him would be finn russell oh yeah he He looks like such a bollocks (laughs) (laughs) And, and even when they were talking about how he's in training he's just like that's exactly how i imagined him being but you love him like I got a call from my aunt going, this Finn Russell guy seems really rude. And I'm kind of like, he's just a cheeky jockey. He's a gobshite. Like, yeah, 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 he's yeah, one yeah, of these, yeah. he's a shit talker. You need your 10 to be oh. a bit of a shit talker, you know? Sure, what was he even, he was talking about, it was the first episode, who were they playing? Uh, England. It was England, yeah. And who had him on the floor? Someone had locked him down. Was old, um, Owen Farrell was talking shit in his ear. And he was like, that's fair enough. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of nice to see. He's like, he, like, quite right is what, like. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nice, because it's ni- it would have been, di- that makes him more likable. Because if he was like, oh, fuck on Farrell, like talking shit to me, he was like, listen, it's absolutely, it's all fair game. I do the exact same thing. He'd be the most annoying bollocks ever to play against. He'd be the kind of fellow who pinch you in the middle of a rock, like. <laughs> Oh yeah, or just be smack talking. It's it's the, I think it's the grin he gives after he does so everything oh, he does. It's that fucking shit eating grin yeah, he gives yeah, you. Yeah. That if you're if you if he's on your team, you'd love it. But if he's on your if you're against him, you go that guy He'll is drive you prick. up the like, walls. Also, funny thing is that when you see him shirtless as well, like you see, it's like he doesn't have it doesn't have like a six pack. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a boozer, though. He's a boozer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this guy plays his national rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the old in the in the old in the biggest rugby tournament in the world. Crazy. And he's playing also, and in that episode as well, he was playing for Paris, like for, yeah, for yeah, Ratzinger, yeah. and he's in the middle of luxury, you know, in, in one of the one of the major luxury capitals of the world. Yeah, yeah. It's a total contrast. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't understand. But some people are just so innately physically gifted that they can just do that. You know, yeah. he's obviously he's just born to be in his genes. He's he's athletic. He's an athlete, so he yeah. can just booze and play. And also, yeah, it's also his. Um he he's, he he has an understanding of space that very few others will. Like he can spot a gap before it's even opened. Like he's but he fucks up a bit as well, though. Well, you can't you take the good with the bad, don't you? I know. You kinda, like if you can't you can't throw those miracle passes if you're not willing. If you don't, if you're not willing to throw it, you'll never. I know. I never I, land I, it. You know. I, I, I I'm conflicted about that type of because Zebo does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he would. Zebo takes a lot of la- a lot of risks, and some Zebo has one of the greatest tries I've ever seen in my life. Do you remember when he like it dropped it behind him and then oh, flicked oh, it yeah, back up? Yeah, 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 yeah. What it was like it defied physics, but and that's great to watch. But then you see other aspects, and Russell is the same. You see other aspects, and it's like it must be frustrating to play with them because they're just like they're fucking around and trying to see if something works, like. But they're so innately talented that something might work. But then they're just going so off script. It's like, lads, what are you at? Like, 
speaking of uh, Finn Russell as well, um, so there was not this. This was not in the documentary, but uh, I remember seeing this on Twitter, where it was just a picture, uh, a couple of shots of uh, Finn Russell riding a. Uh, he was in his uh, Ferrari in the middle of Scotland, somewhere, a little little town in Scotland, Ferrari or Lamborghini, wherever, right? Uh, French top fourteen money, you know. Yeah. Uh, more, and he's just driving in the middle of uh, in the middle of nowhere in Scotland, just to go to the bakery and get a sausage roll. <laughs> We air look. We've all been there. <laughs> Not the Ferrari, but the sausage roll. Yes, <laughs> yes. What a man! Yeah. And uh, so, um, so if you could change anything about rugby, what would you change? I think. What would I change? I think I'd. My. This is something that my dad always nails home about the game, and I actually kind of agree with him now because it's gotten so physical. As a game, you know, all the boys are huge, and they all kind of look. The body shape has almost just morphed into the one body shape. Yeah. Do you know, before you could distinguish between like a forward and a back. Yeah, they're now, all they're all six foot three and hundred and ten to hundred and twenty kilos. Like they're yeah. all no matter where they are. Yeah, yeah. they're all big fuckers. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, they're big fuckers. The whole lot of them. <laughs> I think I miss the open play. I think I think Brian O'Driscoll was like the last vestige of that style of rugby once he left. That style of open play rugby was, it just changed and it became, a, it's a lot slower. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Which is nice sometimes, but you, like, you can't bait just open play rugby running the ball. But when it's like a slog of like phases of just hitting in, sometimes you're like, I find myself dipping out, like losing concentration in games sometimes because it's quite slow. So maybe, I don't know how you would do that. You start watching Leinster. <laughs> <laughs> You mean the Irish rugby team? I mean, you said it, not me. Yeah, well, give, give us some of that money, you fucking bollockses. <laughs> no, that is true. Leinster do play quite open rugby. But overall, the game, even at the internet, I, I, suppose, I suppose the World Cup was different, all right, because particularly games like the All Blacks in Ireland, Ireland and South Africa, uh, France and New Zealand, like those games were like, just incredible. They're the most wicked games of rugby I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And there were so many together. But I don't know. I find overall it can th- it's a lot harder to come by good games of rugby now than it used to be. Not good. Exciting. I think it's, um, I guess it's like that's why people really enjoyed Portugal at the World Cup. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. They they had that sort of old school attitude to them, and you know, a lot of them look very small as well compared yeah. to like some of the more prestigious rivals. Yeah, but they hold them, uh, but they hold themselves pretty well against against them, and they play some fantastic. Rugby. You're right, yeah, because yeah, they're more they're they're smaller and they're more used to just fast paced game of rugby like because they're playing to their strengths. There, they're not big boys. Yeah, yeah, it was the same with like uh, Japan as well. They were playing to their strengths. <sighs> Where were like, Japan this year or last year? Yeah, yeah, they've just they've they lost their pro team that was playing against uh, New Zealand and South Africa, their like club team. Yeah. So I think they're just struggling a little bit because it's the the talent that's coming in isn't getting enough game time tested against top opposition. Seems to be the issue. So it's it's also it's the it's the lifespan of a team is probably about eight years, and they are at the end of their eight year period. Oh, but are they not playing against? Like Tonga, New Zealand, Samoa, yeah, Australia. I mean, um, they, they play the odd games against those guys. Not um, as frequently, though. I think also it's because it's there's sort of a, a, draw, a, a lapse in attitude. Um, because in uh, in previous years, um, the way they approach games is that they will play quick, fast rugby against. So just be more quicker and more agile against the opposition. Yeah. But I think because uh, this year, <coughs> well, last year they they were just going head to head. Like physically, yeah. That's why they tried to pick all these like really big Tongans here, yeah, yeah, and uh, Fijians in, in their teams. Whereas, like, if they had played to their strength, yeah, then then they might they might have had a chance against bigger oppos- opposition. I don't know. Was, was it last New World New Year's last World Cup, or was the World Cup beforehand? It was the South Africa game they played against South Africa. The twenty fifteen. That's the twenty fifteen World Cup. That's the one yeah. that like. Changed everything like oh that was God. incredible. Like I think that was the first time I actually saw Japan play internationally mm-hmm. in a game and just being blown away by their style oh, of playing. It was mesmeric, like it was so good because they were big and they were fast. It was like open playing, but they were also like contenders in the, in the forwards. Yeah, I remember being congratulated in a pub for that. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you one of those rugby players that says we lost? So you were like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 You were welcome. Arigato. 
Okay, well, listen, we've uh, we've taken up so much of your time. Thank you so much for doing this. So we did it. Tell us where can we find you and what should we be looking out for in the coming weeks and months? Uh, my socials are the same, and I only have Instagram and TikTok, and TikTok is a load of bollocks. So, but it's the same handle is Owen Collins Comedy, and Owen is spelled E O G H A N, right? So it's really easy to find if you're typing it in. <laughs> Um, we will we will write it down in the show notes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when when is this coming out? Plan is to have this out on the th- Monday, the fifth of February. Oh, perfect! I will be doing a work in progress festival, seen and heard work in progress festival on the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth of February in Dublin. If people are listening, they like musical comedy be on at 3 p.m. It's like a split bill, cheap enough tickets, and I'll be trying out stuff there that I, I'm not really able to do in a stand-up context. It's like using like a loop station. So yeah. it'll be more heavily on like uh, uh, layered music stuff because I am gearing up to do... I, I, I have like four dates at the Brighton Fringe for like oh, a, an hour thing, yeah. And I've applied to Edinburgh as well, so I just want to... Class, get that tight. yeah. So this is it. If you want to see him before he hits the road, uh, now's your time. Thanks so much, Owen. Thanks, lads. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I've been Nehemiah. I've been Jack Dolan. And without Owen, we would not have been able to put this thing together. Thanks so much for the sound shit. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) We've had a tendency to end these episodes very chaotically, so uh, goodbye. Goodbye. And never stop trying. Never stop trying. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you.